recorder when I was a tween And in retrospect all those recordings were obscene But now I'm an adult and I can laugh at myself Why not play them for someone else? These are the tapes and I hope you enjoy A slice of nostalgia through the ears of a boy Travel back in time with a familiar sound Let's all get lost and rewound Lost and Rewound, episode 12, Chicken Chest The special guest panel Greetings, seasons, greetings My name is Alon I'm Doug And I'm Melissa. When I was in middle school in the mid-90s, I carried a handheld tape recorder with me almost everywhere I went. These recordings were called the Danziger Zone, and they collected dust for nearly two decades. Now it has fallen on us as a collective to listen with fresh ears and provide commentary as we dive into the rough and raw sounds of old media, specifically that of the cassette tape, and certainly more than just my own output. Ultimately, we hope to achieve absolute humility as we come to grips with the sounds of our youth and attempt to connect the dots between then and now. Let's begin. This is our our 12th episode, and it's been almost a year since we kicked this thing off our show has changed a little but not so much the ethos has still remained we, we, intact. we found our stride like any new project it took a couple episodes i mean really the way we started this show was pretty much just my stuff but we were always hoping to eventually spear anybody uh, else or involve anybody else i should say Sure. Into the show, and I think we we've, succeeded we've in that succeeded, somewhat. Yeah. That's been some of my most enjoyable moments on the show is listening to uh, stuff from contributors. Yeah, we had and, Rebecca uh, Kaufman, Lewis Logic, uh, Matt Shiner was our first contributor. We've that's all been great stuff. I actually want to and our good buddies at the awkward phase. I, oh, awkward God. phase. Yeah. They, um, they were great. I do want to actually point out though, I've this comes up to my mind every time we do the intro. But we, you say from your middle school days, but it's really from late elementary technically middle school because as we talked about on episode 10 with tyler and claire uh it was sort of a, a a fine line between when middle school started and when elementary school ended and it was always different for everybody right but these were mostly fifth and sixth grade was and 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 there was seventh grade and eighth grade a little bit okay too, we haven't gotten to those tapes yet. we haven't gotten that far yet okay you're we've, saving those tapes for we've later. had a little bit of it but yeah it is a middle school experience. It's an adolescent experience. Yes. Not, not, not to be necessarily roped in by being in middle school. When I got to my new school, sixth grade was considered part of middle school. And so by that effect, I sort of always equated sixth grade and fifth grade to an extent, uh, because I had middle schools who were around that were around me, um, in different districts, like in Kingston and Saugerties that had fifth through eighth grade as a middle school. So, it just depended on how the districts were lined, were um, divided up. So, sure. you know, it's interesting going back to this stuff, and it's even more interesting hearing, like, what Becca's stuff ha- uh, had to offer because it was made around the same time, albeit in another area of the country. And I think that's really what we were trying to go for. We were, we were, this show was really invented, not to be in, uh, too self-congratulatory, but to promote sharing of similar... 
uh, projects. Sort of like sure. A, it's, like a, it's to be it's to be an exploration, and it had to start from somewhere. We and are what better place to start than content you already owned? We are audio explorers, and <laughs> we have uh, guests on this show, as uh, alluded to before, a special guest panel of people who uh, were on the receiving end of this audio time capsule, so to speak, called the Danziger Zone that I went to school with. Who are actually sort of part of the time capsule, really. Two of them we've had on the show before, and two of them we have not. And uh, I wish we had more, but I think four is a pretty solid number. And yeah, I think, and maybe, should, shall we meet them? We, we shall. We, we would take a quick little break, uh, listen to some music that uh, I guess Ben played on his piano or maybe some more casio keyboard jams that we're gonna stick in here damn right lost and rewound joining us from many different places around the world right now are fellow friends from woodstock Joining us over the phone, uh, one by one, we have Gina Truy calling in from Wappingers Falls. Hello. We have Rebecca Cook from Beacon. I'm your neighbor, Gina. I know. And we have, returning to the show <laughs> from episode one, Josh Telson calling in from Berlin. Guten Tag. And, of course, that lovable scab. <laughs> that... Uh, Gentleman by the name of Brooks Rocco from San Francisco, California. Welcome, my friend. Josh and Brooks have been on the show with us before. Rebecca and Gina, we'll, we'll go in order. Gina, what, are, what have you done with your life since, since the days of Woodstock Elementary? What, what, what are you doing now? How okay, do you adult? What I'm doing now is probably the easiest way to start. I am the director of physician recruitment for an emergency medicine group. That sounds exciting. And important. It's, it is both. And you are in Beacon, New York now, or are you in Wappinger Falls? I'm in Wappinger, You're in Wapp- which is, is a neighbor to Beacon. Becca and I are but a few minutes away from each other. And how did you make it to Wappinger from lovely Woodstock? Uh, by way of uh, New Rochelle, Harrison, and Poughkeepsie. I ended up here in Wappinger's kind of accidentally. So you've, you've been more or less upstate, I bouncing been. around. Ac- accidentally yeah. how? Because of work? or Work, a- yeah. I didn't anticipate that I would end up here. I, I frankly never thought that I would be back upstate, but work brought me up here, and I. it turns out that I'm, I'm pretty damn happy here. Yeah, it's one of those things about returning home. Yeah. You kind of avoid it for a while, and then it turns out to be the best decision. Yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, It's been really good to me. Lovely. Rebecca or Becca, which do you prefer? I think we've been tossing both around. Um, either way, whatever you feel comfortable calling me. Just do not call me Becky. I will not respond. So Becky. Yeah, so day. Becky. <laughs> Becky, how, what, how has your journey been since Woodstock Elementary? Crickets. Say that again? Uh, Rebecca, how's that? Um, there you go. <laughs> so you were, also now, you were also now back in upstate New York. Did you le- Have you left upstate New York? What are you doing? Tell, tell the fine folks at home a little about yourself. Um, well, I did leave upstate New York after I graduated college. I was living in the city for a few years, the city being New York City. Um, and then I moved out west for about a year, and then I moved back to my, not only my hometown, but to my father's house. <laughs> I was one of those 
people moving back in with the rents and now I'm in Beacon and Beacon, you know, my, my reason for being in Beacon is kind of similar to Gina's. I never really expected myself to live here and found it based on, um, my now husband who actually also went to school with us, um, Ian Cook, him, he works in the city and I work in West Hurley. So we had to find a place to live in between so we could both commute. That's a good midway point. And Beacon. Where on the West Coast were you? Beacon is, uh, I was in Oregon. I was in Ashland, Oregon for a year. This was like years ago, maybe six or seven years ago, but I loved it. I mean, it was so gorgeous. What brought you to Ashland, Oregon? My then boyfriend um, wanted to go to a bicycle school there. Sounds about There's right. There's such a so, thing. That sounds yeah, like something that would so exist in Oregon. Ashland is a lot like Woodstock. So although I was, moving, you know, grew up in Woodstock, I I felt at home in Ashland. And you know, we moved back because he took a job in Woodstock. He actually at Overlook Mountain Bikes in Woodstock. Um, and then soon after we split up. <laughs> Understood. Right. When you're at a bike school, is it bike construction and maintenance that they're instructing on? Yeah, they learned everything about like bicycles from how to sell them to how to, you know, have a business based around them to how to build them. So there was like TIG welding involved and such. Mm, interesting. It's one of my favorite weldings. <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on to Josh. Uh, Josh. Yes, you were please. On, yes, well, well, it's 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 very intriguing because uh, the last time we spoke to you in our first episode, you were but a muffled sound uh, on our first go around, and we've inc- improved with our technology since then. Um, it seems like you've had a pretty busy year, huh? Uh, sure. You mean because I have a kid now? Uh, I mean that was very busy. That's year. that's a big exciting change. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. It's a change. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's all, yes. And just out of curiosity, uh, it is about 8.30 here on the East Coast in the U.S. What time is it in Berlin right now? It's 2.30 in the morning on a Thursday. Mm. Oh, my God. So are you just waiting for the baby to wake up? Uh, no, I'm waiting for me to go to sleep. Yeah, got it. All right, so let's keep this ball rolling then. Brooks, since we've spoken to you over the summer, um, anything? Oh wait, that was it. Well, I mean, no, I was, I was, I was alluding as well to maybe perhaps some creative projects. I want to hear more about Josh's beard. (laughs) Creative projects as well as facial hair improvements uh, over the year. The beard in review. Uh, The beard in review. Yeah. Oh, thank God, my daughter doesn't have a beard. That would be horrible. Um. Uh. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I do shows. I'm a comedian, so I do shows in English in Berlin. It's weird. I don't recommend anyone else doing it. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, my brother and I also have a radio show. So I guess I, I'm actually uh, I'm competing with myself because I'm doing your podcast now. No, that's not competing with yourself. That's uh, promoting yourself. If someone listens right. to a podcast, they might listen to another podcast. What you're, is this other that one? Is, that, what is this one that you're doing? Is it broadcast from Berlin? Yes, it is. Thanks for asking. Tell yeah. us about it. It's called Piffle. It's called Piffle Radio. It's a variety show. We do uh, like radio play sketches. Uh, we have a musical guest that plays songs. We talk and then we play a silly game where people have to make up facts. It's a lot of fun. 
piffleradio.com. Perfect. Only in this magical world of podcasts do you get to hear about your kindergarten and first grade boyfriend's new life in Berlin. Yeah, that's right. The internet's an amazing thing. <laughs> it really is. Brooks, actually, uh, you, since uh, we had you on the show, you're working on a podcast as well, am I right? Well, you could call it a podcast. We like to call it community-supported radio or uh, pirate cat kind of things. Uh, but, yeah, we definitely do a podcast. Um, yeah, I've been hosting that show for, for a couple couple months now. And uh, it's every uh, every it's, it's live on Mutiny Radio every Saturday. I'm going to plug the shit out of it because I can. Um, MutinyRadio.com. Check that shit out. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's one of my many projects that I've been working on. Any more NSA songs that you've been uh, working on lately? Uh, I'm under the impression you have a band out of the song that you created the last time we spoke to you. That's true. That's true. We play that song amongst a whole bunch of other things. Um, man, it's pretty pretty cool that the NSA hasn't left the news at all. It's kind of kept my topical song relevant, hasn't it? I was going to say, if anything, discussion of the NSA and government spying has only grown since the summer when we spoke. And really ramped up just this past week, what with court decisions and all related to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I can't take credit for that, but... um... Sure you can. Well, you should. Yeah, you're you're on the very front edge of a culturally relevant wave right there. You can ride it as long as you can. Um, We're going to ride that tide. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, recently we also wrote another topical song. If you heard anything about the San Francisco Bat Kid, did you hear about that? Yes. yes. I cried my eyes out about it. That was amazing. We, yeah, it was cool. We, we wrote a song for Bat Kid kind of based on the old Adam West era Batman theme. Yeah. Excellent. And, uh, and uh, that kind of got picked up a little bit too, so that, that's pretty cool. Where can people, and by people I mean me, where can I hear that? Well, I'm glad you asked. We uh, we have an online presence thanks to our location here in Silicon Valley, where people know how to do that kind of stuff. If you go to uh, God, the Bad Kid song is on our SoundCloud. So if you go to SoundCloud.com/slash/the5eyes.sf, Bad Kid song should be the first one. Awesome. SoundCloud is based in Berlin. I will have you know. Oh, oh take that, Silicon Valley. Is that five eyes numeral five or five spelled out? So it's soundcloud.com slash the five, the number five, sorry, F-I-V-E-E-Y-E-S-S-F. Cool. Probably and, one uh, of yeah, maybe, maybe is, that, is that eyes like the hieroglyph or eyes spelled out? You're such an <laughs> asshole. You guys are making it real difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to move this train along. We have, we have some very important clips. As it is the end of the year and the holiday season, we have some very intriguing sounds from the classroom uh, in sixth grade when uh, we had a Christmas party. And uh, though not everybody here uh, is featured on this, uh, what better place to have this sort of panel of discussion than with people who make appearances. Thank you all for being here, and let us... We're going to dive into this. Let's go for it. Oh, Noah wants to say something. What do you want, Noah? Say your... I just want to say that there's a person in this school who's a real idiot. I hate him. He's fat. He's slimy. He's stupid. <laughs> he... he He's, a, he's bad. He's a bad friend. And I'll tell you what his name is. I'll tell you what his name is. His name is Nate Nathaniel Michael Robinson. <laughs> Nate's the man. Nate Mike Rob. Not Jeff Truey. Whoever hates Nate, just say say their name right now. I their name right now. I like Nate. 
You hate Nate, Ian. That is all I have to say to Nate. And this is a word from Noah Gentleman. For God. Hi, Ian. There's a message from Noah, who hates Nate. Where is it? Oh, oh, Jesse wants to talk now. Cool, Jesse. You want to speak for once. Okay, here you go. What do you want? Uh, nothing. You wanted to speak to this. I did? Yeah. About what? Anything. <laughs> Alright. That was cool. Alright, um... I got an idea. What? I know what I'll talk about. What? I'll talk about how Nate loves to cut people in line because he's so fat, he's always so hungry. And how he's always got to be the best. Nate? Yeah. Hear that, Nate? I'm not the only person. Nate's for the DZ team. He's always got to be the best at everything. He's got to be the leader. And he's always got to have more than you. And Brooks is the best. And he doesn't give anything. Listen to Rockorama. It's better than dancing or something. I thought, well, I mean, fair. Hold on. I want to see something else. So here we go, Noah. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. The bath, a roll, 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 jelly down the stream. The bath of boys had a terrible dream. The dream was more like a right there, crawling up through a brown bear. And all started, got convicted for murder. We went to court, and the court found us guilty for less than three seconds, so we had to tell a speech, and this is how it went. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, don't decide in such a hurry. Listen to my story first, and then you can decide who's is better or worse. Peace, bro. We out. We out. Word up. Murderer. The Hot Stopper. Aerosmith. Living on the Edge. Uh, Blood Sugar. Booby. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Marantz is entered the room. And she. And, uh, oh, Jesse has to say something. Blood Sugar Boo Boo. Tidio. Tidio. That was weird. Boo Boo Shika Boo Boo Shika Boo Boo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Alright, now, alright, now don't want to say something else. Lottie Dottie, I can't go potty. I just let it slide down my body, Lottie Dottie. I can't go potty, potty. I just let it slide down my body, Lottie Dottie, Lottie Dottie. I can't take a poop. I let it slide down through the hula hoop, Lottie Dottie. I got a booby and a newbie tedio video. I bust any tip. Jesse has to say something, and here comes. Me! I got the blues! Here comes your line. Alright, that was cool. Alright. That was not cool. That was gross. Yeah, well. <laughs> that tape should be destroyed in a fire. May I just say that your prepubescent voice was a thing of beauty? Yeah? Oh. Magical. <laughs> but like, wait, Alon, how much of that was actually you? That was mostly. Was that mostly Noah on that? Yeah, call? that was mostly. That was uh, uh, now you started wait, that whole thing off, and it was gorgeous. In that particular clip, uh, it was all Noah. The whole Noah show uh, to say whatever he wanted. In uh, the next clips we're going to be hearing, it sp spirals into more people. But uh, as a perfect introduction, thoughts, uh, concerns of prepubescent audio. Well, I tell you what, um, I, I, if, you, if there are any women out there that want an inner peek into the male mind, I think it's all <laughs> right there. There was, a, there was a, some shit talking, there was some rapping, there was so much machismo coming out of those six-year-old mouths. You know, it's, it's, it's like poop, a lot of poop, a lot of poop going on. And did I hear someone say boob? Yep, several times. Well, I think that, yeah. was, I think that was actually me. Because at the time I was really into the Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. As and I noticed that like was. I had a problem saying the word sex because at that age, ew, gross, right? <laughs> sex was a so dirty word. So I said blood sugar uh, uh, booby. 
I didn't want to look better, Brooks. Did I hear a female voice? This kind of reminds me of third grade at one point when um, our teacher, Miss Hancock, was asking people, asking students to name different periodicals or sorry different uh things that you could read and for whatever reason after books and magazines and periodicals and newspapers were listed for some reason i had the gumption to say playboy and then i was uh that's a magazine technically yeah well right? but that was the problem is that someone had already said magazine it's like really alon weren't that, you paying attention that was the problem somebody had to bring up playboy wasn't she the same teacher who referred to chicken breasts as chicken chests? Uh, mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember that, but that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh. the rumor. What was that? That was the rumor. I never had her as a teacher, but I heard that too, Gina. I didn't either. My brother had her, and he was appalled. So this is not a confirmed rumor. This is just something you've heard around... Woodstock Elementary Schools. Gossip in siblings. schools? List uh, one by one. Uh, you need to get Snopes on this. <laughs> I, w- I want to get an idea of, from all of you about rumors that you heard from, you know, aside from this one that you just mentioned, rumors that you heard of teachers. And so, like, when you had this teacher, it's like, oh, my God, I heard that this such and such, this was the case about them, and you better watch out. Um, was there always that dread whenever you got a new teacher? It was tough because except for Becca, we all were the oldest siblings. So we were the ones that were setting the rumors. Oh, but Miss Villiamo did not have a good I was just going to say, Villiamo. Forget about it. She was like Miss Viola's swamp. She was. I heard she threw a chair out of class. Well, was that true? I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's a rumor until proven otherwise. It doesn't matter if it's true. That's what you believed as a child. Right. So my fifth grade, I, granted, I, of course, did not go to Woodstock Elementary, but my fifth grade band teacher did get fired for throwing a music stand at a student. Ooh, that's... I what? was removed from Miss Villiamo's class because of um, uh, hateful language towards me and her incessant teasing of me. So I, I was pretty convinced about her behavior. Well, you saw it firsthand. Care to tell the story? Has enough time passed? Or we know uh, wounds? It hurts so much because in the ensuing months... Uh, we had been patients of her son's dental practice. What? And we were asked to leave the practice uh, because because I dared to defy her and ask to be moved into a different class. I, I'm so confused. You you were you I were was bullied you, by Mrs. Villiamo. Yeah. Who accused me of not doing my work on my own because I was quote too dumb to have done it myself. Mm. Um, how does this woman still have a job? Uh, I mean, she, well, she she's probably did still have a job. Nine hundred now. Yeah, I saw her two years ago. Wow, <laughs> and she remembered me. No, <laughs> is that some sort of superpower that all teachers have? It's insane to, to live forever. <laughs> to live forever and remember you know, everyone. I, I had a beard. I had a beard and glasses, and she still remembered me. <laughs> Ms. Villiamo is the reason for the beard and glasses. You had to go into hiding? <laughs> I was in a weird... It's a witness protection beard. She's yeah. the reason I have a beard and glasses. 
Hey, you're welcome for that, by the way, Juno. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one of the uh, interesting uh, developments, I think, that we've uncovered is, is that there really was a huge difference between fifth and sixth grade uh, because a lot of the clips that uh, the Danziger Zone encapsulates are really just that that uh, time between fifth and sixth grade between all you guys was there like i guess list one by one if you want what what was the transition emotional transition i think you know between fifth and sixth grade like what what was on your mind that was any different between fifth and sixth and if there wasn't any difference then i guess specify that um well first of all i think it was the first time any of us ever got to get the keys to the castle so to speak when you hit sixth grade you are the big dogs you are the big men on campus and uh moving into that world knowing that there was nobody uh above us uh was was kind of empowering in a funny sort of way i mean i don't think it went significantly to anyone's head but i i definitely walked a little bit straighter in sixth grade yeah, the school really made you feel that way. You know, there were all of these things that the sixth graders got to do that no one else could do. I mean, pajama day? Who yeah. else got to have pajamas? What? I don't remember that. When was that? When? It was a sixth grade privilege. I don't remember Even it. Mrs. Inkin and Mrs. Bartell wore their pajamas. Okay. Oh, God, I have vague memories of that. That was actually the moment that I, I, I realized that Miss Inkin was not evil. <laughs> I have photos of it somewhere. I know that I have Polaroids. And in fact, some of them I think are even on Facebook. But I definitely have p- photos from that day, and it's ridiculous. We you look should, absurd. You should find those pictures and send them to us, and we will put them on the Lost and Rewound website. It, it, with with permission, obviously. Yeah, I mean... If it's okay being out there in the more open rather than the Facebook, which is can, can you can you draw a big orange beard on my face just to yes. kind of obscure me? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I would like to give you the Josh Telson treatment. Yeah, <laughs> orange for beards kids. for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you're, it's iconic now. You realize this. This is a good thing. Uh, my plan has finally come to fruition. <laughs> Let's let's take a listen to the uh, the second clip. Um, this is just more uh, more madness. Uh, and Rebecca actually uh, has the floor on this one, so plenty of good things happening. Kick it. Rebecca wants to say something. All right, this is Rebecca, and I'm here to interview Jesse at our school party Christmas. Hi, this is me again. Here's Noah. Again, and here's Eric. Hi, um, I'm Eric. <laughs> That's my name, too. That's your name. <laughs> Wear it out. Wear it out bad. It's Rebecca again, and I'm interviewing Jackie. Hello. Wasn't that great? Here's our famous singing from Noah. I just want to say vegetables are good for you, fruits are good for you, shared stone is very good for you. Hi, it's Rebecca again, and I'm interviewing. Amy and Ian. What? Say something. Amy, come here. I'm sorry, but he's really stupid. He's gonna say his favorite, his famous saying. Yummy. Here, hi, I'm Rebecca again, and here's a word from Adam. Here, get the hell away from me. I'm back, and here's Gina. Hi. What would you like to ask me about? Um. I don't care. 
Okay, so what would you like me to talk about? Whatever you want. Um, what about... Eagle, I need to decide. I don't know. How about... How does she think about the Danska Zone? How do I think about what? The Danska Zone, like these recordings. Danska Zone? I think, I think I <laughs> yeah. That was a bad saying from Eric. Thank you very much. Hi, um, we're going to go back to Ian, and he's going to say yummy. Hey, he's interviewing me, so I will talk. Go away. Okay. Excuse you, Jesse. Say it again. Yummy, 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 yummy. No, we're not going to control this, but still, you love about men. Hello, who? Okay, now Ian's going to say it again. No, I'm not. Say it. Yummy, 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 Yum, me. Yummy. These are like the yummy yuppies. These are the yummy X. The yummy X. The yummets. The yummets. Yummets. The yummets. So how are those dicks? Okay. That's right. Okay. No, let me see. I have to do something, Elon. Elon, let me. I have to. The public. Wait. I am running for president, and year two thousand and and twelve, and I just want you to vote for Noah and gentlemen, because I will make the world a better place. I hate you. Uh, so, Ian, how are things going with your life? Yummy. I know. So, Jesse, how are things going with your life? Not. Rebecca, how are things going with your life? Stupid. One, two, uh, Elon, how are things going with your life? Yummy. Yummy. Nerd like. Uh, Brooks, how are things going with your life? Yummy. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, ben, how are things going with your life? Bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, muffin. I did it! Bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, muffin. Get real. I don't know what to say again. Bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, bubble dee, muffin. Yummy. Please! Get real. Had you guys recently seen Ace Ventura? Well, it was 95. No, it was 94. So it just come out. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. Like, Obviously, that was very much on your mind. As I said, that entire that entire party was very yummy. Wait, wait, this was was a Jim Carrey movie? No, sorry, um, I, I, it's lost. Um, so yeah, clearly topical. And um, Rebecca had some nice interview style. Um, I was going to say her interview skills rivaled that of Barbara Walters, Oprah. <laughs> to just say I'm interviewing and then point the mic at them. Worked perfect. So, Rebecca, what was the inspiration behind your interview style? Probably to get the microphone as far away from my face as possible. That makes sense. That's pretty much what we do. I, I will say, listening to that, I am so glad that I have a daughter and not a son. The boys in that recording were so annoying. Listen, I think that makes me feel like I'm on drugs, I have to say.
Did anyone? <laughs> kids are talking so fast. With Brooks. It's like making me anxious. Yeah. yeah. I realize now that my prepubescent voice was maybe the worst of all. No, you didn't hear. You haven't heard me yet. We're we're getting there. <laughs> we we were we're about to get there. Uh, Brooks, you're about to say something. Oh yeah. Did anyone notice how much of a changed person Noah was from fifth grade to sixth grade? In fifth grade, he was calling Nate a fat, stupid, idiot, slime, <laughs> slimy, bad friend. Oh, no, no. That, and that, then it, I'm going to have to cut you off there, Brooks. It, it, sorry, that, what? No, I have to, I'm, I have to correct you. Um, it, uh, all these clips are from the same day. They are from the Christmas party. So it, it, but it is, in fact, uh, all the same day, all the same hour, probably. The same 15, 20 minutes. So no, he's that, that Noah's bipolar. I, I guess. Or he grew intellectually, leaps and bounds, in just a matter of okay. minutes. Okay, well, in that case... We want to come back to you? <laughs> well, in that case, one thing I noticed was in the first clip, there were no women around. That was all guys. Yeah. And then you put some women around, and all of a sudden, Noah's like, vegetables are good for you. I'm running for president. <laughs> He's running for president in 2012, by the way. Did you catch no, that? No, no, I think he just said, I'm 12, and I am running yeah, for oh, president. Oh, okay, I thought he was saying 2012. But those are the skills that he would later hone throughout high school. So this is just the beginning of his trying to impress women and, um, <laughs> you know, say things they wanted to hear. Ah. Yeah, he, he said, I hate Nate, Mike, Rob. He called himself the God, and then all of a sudden women show up, and he's all, like, kissing babies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Was there not any women in the first taping? I don't I think. I thought so. I heard some girls saying "gross." Oh no, Gina, you were there. You there's a clip of you saying you "not Jeff Truey," which is exceptionally odd. <laughs> and true. Do you have a family member named Jeff? My estranged father. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> we're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, I guess the the one thing is is interesting is that when um, when I was in sixth grade, I was very awkward around girls, like I was supposed to be in sixth grade. But um, I guess every guy, every kid, every um, prepubescent boy had their own way of acting when just around boys and acting around girls, and like you definitely change the language, you definitely change your personality. And I would say most men are still that way, even to a certain extent now. I mean, I think, and I think it actually goes both ways, men and women. Like, there's a certain way you act around all your other female friends, and then when you're mixed company, and like, I think that's a tendency that we haven't really outgrown so much as which just manifests itself differently now. I'm sorry, I don't have any follow-up no, questions. Somebody want to yeah, Somebody else want to tag onto that, or did I just kill the topic? <laughs> Sociological voice of reason, Melissa Lloyd. Uh, Rebecca, you're about to say. I want to say that Noah was a different case because he has many older siblings. <sighs> so like he was. Good point. He was around girls and boys and all that stuff at a young age. Like his siblings having boyfriends and girlfriends and how to talk to a girl. I think maybe. That's why he wasn't so shy. You have an older sibling, Rebecca. Uh, Becca. So uh, did you uh, have any experience just uh, knowing how to talk to boys because of uh, your uh, older sister having boys, perhaps, around? Actually, no, because my sister was a raging nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when I think back about that and my memories of Becca and me as friends, like I, in my head, I remember us kind of owning the boys in sixth grade a little bit. Like, you know, we kind of flirted with everyone and 
would push each other towards, you know, having a boyfriend or whatever it was. Um, I remember Becca, and I don't even know if you'll remember this, but I remember you like trying to convince me that Carl Olson should be my boyfriend. Well, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted to tell you, but it's true. You're you were trying to convince him to buy me gifts. I think I felt bad for him. <laughs> you know, girlfriends before maybe Gina Truly. I also remember like playing Truth or Dare with you and Snow O'Connell at your house. I remember that too. I'm learning so many things on this show. What, what happened? Did you, did you just remember it or did something happen? Yeah, any cool dares? Well, Snow was um, like my my. We didn't talk about a boyfriend. He like his. I don't know if you guys remember. His mom waited tables at a restaurant in Woodstock, where um, Walk and Roll is was. Oh, and Bradley Meadows. Yeah, no, Walk and Roll's. Uh, yeah. No. It's the one right across from where the CVS is now in town. Yeah. Woodstock geography. And his mother would occasionally find things left behind by tables, like a necklace or some trinkets and he would bring them in as gifts for me. Scandalous. Mm -hmm. And I had a birthday party and it got snowed in or out and Becca was there and there was truth or dare. Huh. Ironic that it was snowed in. (laughs) Interesting. Was was there a lot of I never really fraternized uh, with the opposite sex too much. I remember like when I was 12, 11 years old yeah. Sorry, let's, okay, let's not let's not push it. We're not going to push. We've it. covered this topic before. Yep. You know, in episode two, we talked about uh, sex and what we learned about sex. And while we have everybody here, actually, maybe we could uh, diffuse you this mean myth. I want to actually know if we did sex. We learned sex education in fifth grade. Can we confirm that? Sixth grade, I thought it was. Okay, so we didn't know in fifth grade. All right, just to confirm. We didn't, know, we didn't know what uh, contraception was. Why is that comment direct? Like, you're staring right at me right We now. were talking about last episode. Anyway, sorry. I will tell you that in fifth grade, Teji told me that a condom was something that a girl put inside of her so she wouldn't get pregnant. Well, that's kind of true. It is true. There are some. <laughs> and female... Teji told me something, too, in fifth grade. Similar? <laughs> Can you get, like, really raunchy on this thing? Yeah. I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> You're only going to offend Teji. Don't worry. Oh, forget this. I'll be that um, when you eat a girl out. Yes, I remember this. You're putting food in her vajayjay and eating yes. eating it. I oh remember my God. that. Did he start that rumor? Because I, I heard that from someone else. <laughs> because I remember being at your house, Becca, for a party and Truth or Dare was being played and I was terrified that somebody was going to dare somebody else to eat them out and where we were going to get the food from. <laughs> the, obviously the walk and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I missed out on all the great parties. Oh, gosh. I, all I had was the recorder. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, but if you didn't have the recorder, we wouldn't be talking about it. It's now. true. It's true. I was going to say, I think all of my raunchy truth are... Oh, do we... I'm thinking about it now because um, for me, sixth grade was actually the first year of middle school. So I'm trying to remember if we were playing... If we had... If we were playing truth or dare in sixth grade yet or not. Seventh grade is really where sort of like the raunchy basement party thing started and like scandalous truth or dare. 
Yeah, there's always going to be those raunchy uh, basement parties that you go to in middle school and some point or another. But uh, it's just, it's weird. I guess it's just you have to be in the right social circle, I guess. So it's intriguing to know that there was that much going on. Um, bad weather notwithstanding, uh, creating that. <laughs> um, Josh and uh, Brooks, were you going to those uh, um, a lot, I guess? I was playing a lot of Super Nintendo at the time, and I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I was. I don't even know what I was doing. I didn't have Super Nintendo, so I wasn't playing Super Nintendo. I was probably reading books. And this isn't to say that, like, you know, we're 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 partyaholics here, but clearly, I guess it's just about uh, uh, the I guess the aggressiveness, not the aggressiveness, but the the sort of the, the daring your friend to ask somebody out, as you were pointing out before, Becca. Like that seems like it's. Uh, it was sort of fun, I guess, in a way. Uh, and looking back on it, it was all in good fun. Well, also, I think you just want to get your friends to do something that you aren't sure that you have the courage to do. So you can say, no, it's it's your job to ask this person out, or you know, I want to see what happens to you when you try it. I think also, too, if you like daring your friends to do something that you were afraid to do, sort of, it took the burden off of you, almost sort of scapegoating, too, to a certain extent. Like... I'm afraid to ask this person out, but I don't want to get called out on being afraid, so I'm going to dare my yeah, friend. Yeah, but it makes someone else look like they're afraid, too. Right. And the, yeah, totally. I wish I had known about that. <laughs> Sorry. Why? What would you have done with it? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, me either. I would have had someone else do something to me. <laughs> oh, fair point. Oh, we well, have uh... a... That's a cry for help from, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Let's listen to uh, this uh, other clip that we have. Um, it's the holidays, so whoop de doo oh, wants to say something! To all a good night and to all a Merry Christmas. Or is it the other way around? I think the other way A happy Christmas and a Merry New Year! <laughs> I think it's cool. A season's greeting from Jesse. Have a happy Christmas and a Merry New Year! Here, let me say something. Let me say something, I just like to say, I would just like to say, what should I say? No, I have to say something. I have to say something. Now, let me say something, okay? Say something, okay. say something. Here, eat a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I gotta say something. That's no one. In the bathroom. Alright, that was cool. Uh, now Gina wants to say something. Gina, do you want to say something? Yeah. I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and especially Gina a Happy Birthday! Gina's a Happy Birthday! My birthday is coming up right after New Year's! I'm actually four foot six! Whoa! Whoa! Don't talk about it! And now we're gonna say bye to Bye bye, baby! I like to say all the pretty women out there, I love you. <laughs> all right, that, that's from Jesse Noah. See ya. Farewell. Ready to go. Now, Mrs. Martell, I think, might like to say a Happy New Year. Like, you like to say her New Year's resolution or say a Happy New Year for next year, maybe? I would like to wish everybody a Happy New Year, and we're going to work very hard in 95. Yes, we are. Bye. All right, Josh, would you say something? We've been doing a long time since the original. All right, here we go. Don't listen to Josh, listen to me. Hi, I'm Brianna, and I know you want to listen to me. I've had four candy canes.
things today. I like cooking, Josh. It's fun. Josh, say something while you have a chance. Okay. Uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas, Sarah. I wish you a Merry Christmas, Sarah. Thoughts? I uh, I still can't sing. I still. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody wished any, there was any happy Hanukkah. And I know it's the Christmas party, but Rebecca and I are the uh, sole Jews of the of this round table, I believe. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sole Jew. I'm a soul Jew. I'm half a Jew, but it's the wrong half. Oh, what do you wrong. mean the wrong half? <laughs> now you're no being racist half. to your yes. No, technically my father was a Jew, and he doesn't count for the real Jews. Your mom has to be Jew for you to be really Jewish. Yeah. Um, I guess... Uh, chosen. But... Yeah, but... That's your parents, you know? I mean, yeah. That's technically, true. Well, the that's law a... of the Jew. Right. Your mom is Jewish, makes you Jewish. But your dad was Jewish. I'm sure he could have involved Hanukkah in your life and other things. He could have. He could have. Uh, but didn't. he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Among <laughs> many things he didn't do, he did not involve Hanukkah in my life. You know, it's funny. As I get older, I, I, I was so much more involved as a kid, um, you know, in the whole Jewish holiday thing. And, and it sucks because uh, as I get older, it's terrible. My birthday is around this time during the holiday season. So I've just gotten really selfish. And it's one of like the unfortunate circumstances of having a birthday that falls right in the middle of Hanukkah and Christmas. And so the holiday season has always just been one big fat day giving session or, or receiving session i should say so yeah gene i think we heard a shout out about your birthday too yeah january 2nd uh, i think what struck me most about that clip was my announcement that i was four foot six yes i have grown five inches since then <laughs> well done <laughs> yes five whole inches i say i think i, I think I was five six when I was in sixth grade. But you've grown how much since sixth grade? Three inches. Amazing. I, I, I have yet to reach five feet tall, so I'm holding out hope um, that next year will be the year. I was the I was the opposite end of the spectrum. I was freakishly tall when I was like eight. And that's also, tough. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show before. I am tall. Was tall. Will will always be tall. Will I, be until yeah. you start shrinking. Until I get old and start shrinking. Yes. But, we had a, a classmate who was also very tall, Mia, who got teased a lot for that. It's I remember. She, did she really get te- – I, I had a hard time believing that – I don't know. It's hard to believe that people would have gotten made fun of for being tall. I, but I guess it's just one of those preconceptions that you expect people to be a certain height at a certain age. and You, you just can not make well, fun of that pretty much anything that's notable uh, when you're talking about like kids who are extremely superficial and – you know, goofy uh, is going to be something that people note, you know, and they're going to get pointed out and, 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 and uh, singled out for that kind of stuff. And I think Mia was like, for some reason this is coming to me, but I think she was like five foot five 
in fifth grade or sixth grade, which was yeah, pretty she tall. was tall in the and fourth grade, right? And standing Maybe next fourth grade. to four foot six Gina. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, kids uh, and kids will pick on each other for anything. If they if they're if they are interested exactly. in making fun of somebody, they will find something to make fun of them for. Yeah, I mean, yes. because it's all because it's all looking at the physicalities, uh, and there's such a uh, obvious uh, sort of preconceived obsession that kids have. You know, they just beeline it for whatever they see, not what they think. Yeah, you know what's funny though is I, mean, I was always the tallest person in my grade, um, well into middle school, almost high school really. But like finally around freshman year of high school or so, some of the guys started to catch up. But I was I was always still on the tall end, and my best friends in elementary and middle school always ended up being the shortest girl in the grade. Like barely five feet, maybe five one, five two. Always an odd couple, no matter what year of school it was. I was in. Do you feel like you, you chose... really weren't making it easy for you? I know, right? I was gonna say, did you feel like you chose that person on purpose to make yourself feel taller, or no? I think it just it happened coincidentally, and then it was just it, it would whenever it ended up that way, it sort of became a running bit. We would sort of make fun of ourselves for it. This was an interesting year that this was being recorded because uh, in another tape that will not need to be heard uh there was a power outage in woodstock that winter and i I wonder if you guys remember that and how this affected your holiday plans if it it all be notable i remember distinctly because a power line fell in our backyard but a few inches from the house and we didn't have power for like a month it was right after thanksgiving or something like that and I don't know if it's because we were poor or what, but we stayed in the house with no power for a month. It was weird. That had to be freezing, too, in December in Woodstock. It was. Isn't that a Cormac McCarthy novel? Uh, yes. <laughs> freezing in Woodstock? <laughs> Wait, but, but you all lost power, right? Uh, I mean, I know that we we're all, in terms of geographically where we were living when we grew up, uh, was sort of spanned quite a few miles, a uh, number of miles, but... Uh, did it? Have, Rebecca, was you, was your holiday season sort of uh, given a bit of a different story because of the power? I honestly do not remember losing power. <laughs> All right, moving on then. Fine. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Josh and Brooks. I, I, honestly, I was curious more just about getting a sort of a feel for how the holidays were when you were a kid, like in like how, you know what your mind frame was, and were you? Uh, did you guys do anything special? And did you? tend to be more of the giver or the receiver uh, when Wait, this what time. are we talking about? Well, because it's the holidays, man. Come on, it's the Christmas holiday. episode. If you're a holiday top well, or bottom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, way. Doug. It's a good yeah. way to put Thank it. Thank you, Doug. I, I think the one nice thing about Woodstock was that, um, like, Santa came to town, and it's become a big thing now. Still, yeah. And... and I honestly can't remember if I ever really believed in it, but I know like for us, we kind of took the German tradition where you open your gifts on uh, Christmas Eve. So on the evening of the 24th, and my parents would do this thing where they would take us out to see Santa Claus come to town, you know, in whatever weird, wacky way he would. And then meanwhile, my, my mother would hide all the presents underneath the tree. And so when we came back from seeing Santa Claus, all the presents would all of a sudden be under the tree and we would open them. It was like, oh. Um, and I know for my younger brothers, that was uh, nice. That's was, really nice. Was Santa's arrival different every year? Oh, yeah. man, was it? Well, yeah. yeah. It was different and, and exciting. And Wichita had to outdo itself every year. Okay. It was it big. Was like they had, a, they had a fund for this day. There were spaceships and camels. There and were parachutes. 
Dogs, elephants, Gloreans. A cannon? There was there a cannon? stuck on the roof of the church one year. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. They, like, did they like parish stockings. Yeah, exactly. With with the uh, Hanukkah guilt in it too. Because yes. <laughs> you have to be you have to be kind. All inclusive. It's such an adorable like little small town. But it's interesting because it is a very small town, and geographically it is. Uh, or sorry, I guess systematically it, it has like a lot of hamlets outside of the town itself. But year round, you'd be surprised. Like the town itself, though small, would attract people from years past. So you just have this conglomerate amount of people all within a two mile radius. In, in town is only like less than a mile, and there is maybe a thousand if not 2,000, 3,000 people all converging to see Santa pop out of a cannon or something or whatever. Well, what's happened recently, I don't know if, I mean, the last time I was there was a few years ago now, but it had already been happening for a while that, like, all these people from outside, like, from hours away would literally go to Woodstock for this Santa's arrival. Carpet so baggers. It's Santa it, baggers. Santa. <laughs> Pun intended. Um... Brooks, you do you remember the the Christmas in Woodstock pretty well? You were pretty close to town, so it must have been a fun experience. Oh yeah, that was that was definitely a big, <clears throat> that, that, yeah, that was that was a big part of a big part of the, the, the scene there. Um, but I guess my, my best memory of that, which is kind of like a personal one, is is merely that we all we all you know you know showed up, congregated, hung out, listened to the same old Christmas carols with the same old singers and the brass players and all that, which is always really nice. And then uh, we're all like wondering how it's going to happen. And my dad kind of uh, really nonchalantly said, everybody's going to come up on the roof. And he did. And he popped in and he was like beaming with joy at, you know, predicting this sort of thing. And then as he got stuck and couldn't make it down, he almost felt personally responsible for it. <laughs> it's like, wait, how did Santa get stuck? Was he like, did he? They just hadn't figured out a way to get him down correctly. But he what got on- idea, right? But he got onto the roof. So, like, did he climb up a ladder? Did he like pop out of a chimney? Did he perish? Like, he got onto I the think, roof. Yeah, I don't remember he, exactly. So he what went up it's hard to back. make that. It's hard to go up from appearing on a roof. The, the ascent or the descent is uh, pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, really? you know, it could be a building that had a way to enter the roof from the inside, and then you have to be on public display to get down. So then you have to exactly. pick, like, do I climb down the front of this? building like the, right, up, I, I, the just, up is the easy part no i believe you all i believe that he got stuck there i'm sort of, i'm thinking through this though that okay you're on a roof of a building you got there there is it's sort I'm, of like i'm glad you believe our guests there's <laughs> only so many that. buildings you could climb up in that center of town there is probably only about 20 businesses that you could sneak behind and be like well how are we gonna do this joe okay. right but like, nobody if he's on the roof of a building nobody thought to like bring a rope or like one of those fire ladders for him to climb down i mean well, the no. whole the whole thing is the appearance of Santa. Nobody cares about what happened to him afterwards. Right. Nobody cares Nobody about cares. Santa Claus. Nobody cares Gina about Santa. on the record. <laughs> That's your trap song, Gina. Brooks. You're really trying to trap me in something. <laughs> well, we have uh, between you, Josh and Rebecca. Uh, you both have daughters. Uh, what what now? As parents, do you see as sort of the kind of the going uh, back into the essence of not just being a child of the Christmas season, but now being a parent in the Christmas season. Has that changed the way yet you guys are in terms of the holidays? Well, my daughter is four months old. Right. So she doesn't really know 
anything exists. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, well, really. But it, but it, eventually it will, I guess. If so you, this is the year to plant uh, seeds of Santa Claus and things right. like that. Because she'll because forget them immediately. She's yeah. totally going to remember. Um, no, she doesn't. Yeah, maybe she will. Uh, Unless I'm, you give her a tape recorder at a young age. This is a great idea. He's out of something. Oh, I think, I'm, I, think I'm, I might do that, actually, because she won't know how to use it. Whoa. <laughs> Thoughts, Becca? Um, I also I have a one-and-a-half-year-old, so the traditional holiday things that you do for a child. But um, we plan to uh, introduce both holidays, and uh, we're going to give her the choice to do what she wants as she gets older, as far as that goes. Like, really, it's but, a smart thing to do. We uh we we have uh one few different kind of clips I guess that we wanted to say we're we're going to take a very quick break and then when we come back we're going to wrap up and sort of tie it back into our first clip that we ever played on this show of which Josh knows and you're all about to hear again this is lost and rewound. Do you want to be on Lost and Rewound? Do you have a Danziger zone of your own gathering dust in your parents' basement? Then send us your tapes. We want whatever you've got. From elementary school spelling bees to high school mixtapes, send it all to lostandrewound at gmail.com. Come on now. Get embarrassed with us. Since this is our 12th episode and we have made it a full year on this little project of ours. Ooh. Yay. It's clapping, kind of, clapping, clapping, exciting! Yay! There's, we, we'll stick a clap. Don't, don't, don't clap. <laughs> As I say, is there, there's some canned audio we can shove in here somewhere. Yep, it's, it's there. You just didn't hear it yet. Wait, a there, 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 there it goes. Post production magic. Is. Okay, look, look, uh, look, kids, a deer. <laughs> um, and since we have Josh with us tonight, and he was our wonderful guest on our very first episode as we were figuring all this out about what we wanted to be when we grew up yep we're gonna go back to one of those clips from the very first show with the whole gang well not the whole gang but i will we have the whole gang here tonight yes the whole gang here so let's roll a clip hello again it's the danger zone Woo! i gotta get my line <laughs> i want to be a famous basketball player <laughs> Now we're interviewing Noah. I want to be the best of the best football player in the world. World and world. I'm not finishing. I'm not finishing. Goodbye. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, Josh. I'd like to be a pilot and an actor. Okay. Bobby Connors. What do you want to be when you grow up? A professional baseball player. What team? Mets. Mets. Okay, you heard it. Now we're interviewing Kyle. Kyle, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Jackie, what do you want to be when you grow up? No idea. Amanda, what do you want to be when you grow up? A fire truck. <laughs> oh boy. Katie, what do you want to be when you grow up? A teacher. Sam, what do you want to be when you grow up? A teacher. What do you want to be when you grow up? He has no idea. Kelly, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. What do it? Wait. Nothing. Fire. I know what I want to be. What does Corinne want to be when you grow up? A police car. Second car that we've gotten. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Gina, what do you want to be when you grow up? A dentist. Miss Downey, if you could be anything but a teacher, what would it be? A writer. 
Okay. Rebecca, what do you want to be when you grow up? I have no idea. Okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I already told you on the bus that I don't know. Okay. Amy, what do you want to be when you grow up? A fire truck. <gasps> the second fire truck. <laughs> this Justin. Amy picked a different thing. I want to be a veterinarian. Corinne just picked another thing. A veterinarian! Amanda picked another thing. I want to be a ballet dancer. Kevin, what do you want to be when you grow up? A bomb. I told you, a football player. Yeah. Anna, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Tanya, what do you want to be when you grow up? Get that one. Okay. That's just changed. I want to be a fire truck. <laughs> He wants to be an actor and a comedian. Now we're interviewing Ryan. Ryan, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think I want to be a movie critic because he gets paid to, to watch movies. Okay? Snow, what do you want to be when you grow up? I told you already, a baseball player. Okay, now for Jeremy. Jeremy, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now for Jeremy. Jeremy, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, I'm interviewing Jesse. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know yet. What do you want to be when you grow up? This is Scott. Uh, lawyer. Jerry, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Jeremy, what do you want to be when you grow up? Jeremy knows what he wants to be now. I want to be a guitar. Cody, what do you want to be when you grow up? A uh, Brooks. Ian, what do you want to be when you grow up? An actor. Adam, what do you want to be when you grow up? Baseball player. Adam wants to be on the Yankees. KG, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an athlete. Tony Torn wants to be a biochemist. If you could be anything except a gym teacher, what would you be? Um, I would be out west if I could be anything um, other than a gym teacher. What would you be? Now where would you be? Oh, what would I be? I would be maybe on a small farm, be a, a farmer. Okay. Rose, if you could be anything besides whatever you are, um, what would it be? I don't know. It's, it's hard to decide in a hurry. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. What do you want to be when you grow up, Matthew? Okay. I'm interviewing James on what he wants to be when he grows up. What do you say? I'm going to interview James on what he wants to be. James Cummins on what he wants to be when he grows up. What do you want to be, James? Uh, either a scientist or a doctor. There you have it. Matt, what do you want to be when you grow up? A scientist. Mrs. Clasper, if you could be anything but a teacher, what would it be? I have to choose just one thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anything but a teacher. Then I would say I would like to be an archaeologist. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Let's start with Josh. Um, Hearing this again for the first time um, since the last time. Um, <laughs> what? Or all the times that I listened to the podcast with me on it over and over. Oh. Um, no, I didn't do that. Did, the, the first time we had you, uh, so, you know, a lot has changed since uh, the first episode, and it was great that we had you the first time. Remarkable that you def was ve were very defensive in saying that you didn't think that you were doing what you, you didn't feel comfortable having the actor slash comedian title on you when we introduced you. Um, do you feel like that's a little different now, especially seeing is, uh, how this year has played out? 
Oh, I'd be hard pressed. I mean, okay, yes, that's all I do now, um, but I'm not making a living off of it, so I'm not sure that that's fair to say. But uh, you know, ask me again in a few years. All right, Rebecca, you you didn't uh, have anything you you said you wanted to be when you grew up. Did you have an idea, but you just weren't really quite sure? I think I wanted to be a marine biologist. What about marine biology was interesting to you? Um, I guess I was always intrigued with the, you know, oceans mostly. Haven't you seen Free Willy? How much of a mystery. I don't think Free Willy did it for me. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it wasn't accurate. Somehow a killer whale jumped over that boy and not a splash of water got on him. That just wasn't correct. Well, I don't that think it was I don't, problem with the movie. Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be accurate in terms of physics. I don't think marine biologists study water physics. Maybe they do. Yeah. But I mean, I would imagine that, you know, that's a very specific thing. Uh, like Ryan Wenger who uh, was saying before about being a movie critic, uh, uh you know, other than like athlete teacher um, there were some things in here that were very specific. A marine biologist would have been very specific. Was that something that you kind of acquired through just, I guess, learning uh, in school? Not really. It was just, you know, my love of animals in general and then, like, my direct interest in the unknown of the sea. And to this day... It was my own thing. Yeah, no, it was your own thing. Do you feel like you you and other uh, friends, like, had that same interest, like, in general? Or was it something I, you had... A lot of little girls wanted to be a vet or work with animals or, you know, babies. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of little girls were into that. So I'm sure many of my friends wanted to be a, a veterinarian. No, but I where remember, I, or a fire truck. Yeah, fire truck. You had a lot of fire trucks at Woodstock Elementary. Um, no, but I do think... They taught us to be very free-thinking. <laughs> I do remember, though, I mean, yes, just growing up, there was always somebody wanted to be a vet, somebody wanted to be a basketball player somebody wanted to be a ballerina but i always remember there was like one kid every year that wanted to, somebody always wanted to be a marine biologist that was one of those that was kind of interesting and slightly different but yeah it's like it's like a vet but also a surfer right but like it's a scientist but it's a cool <laughs> scientist because you have to hang out with animals yeah it's like indiana jones except <laughs> underwater exactly there's always some somebody always wanted to be a marine biologist in any sampling of i want to be indiana jones all the way an archaeologist. I mean, it's a f- viable career, and uh, you you can let your let your feet fly. But you don't have to wear a suit. You can just kind of travel the world and be an adventurer. I think every kid wanted to be an adventurer in some degree. To a really. certain degree, yeah. Although being an actual archaeologist, my understanding is it's much less glamorous. You hike up a mountain in the jungle, and it's really hot and sweaty, and there's lots of bugs, and you dig in the ground and find like little pieces of pottery there's no nazis chasing you and and, and very often you find nothing right <laughs> gina you uh, are in a medical profession now and somehow that uh um rang somewhat uh true with your call of being a dentist yeah it's odd i had that it was a very short lived want to be a dentist. I mean, I think that was like a, a, a three week fascination and I had it bad when I had it, but then I realized how gross it also was and changed my mind pretty quickly. Does it have anything to do with the fact that Mrs. Villiamo's son was a dentist and you wanted to <laughs> overtake his profession? I was so scorned 
by her son that I, I had to change professions entirely. Mm-hmm. That's the best callback we've ever had on this show. I want to mark this moment. Okay. <laughs> well played. That was nice. Um, I-, I was wondering if it had anything to do with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Herbie wanting to be a dentist because of our holiday episode. Oh, wow. that's a good question. I Yes, it had everything to do with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's the holiday show. Perfect. <laughs> you just got fed a line. <laughs> and I took it. Yeah. Well done. So Brooks and I were doing this um, interview for the school newspaper, and uh, and Brooks and I did not say what we wanted to be when we grew up. I I would have definitely said actor. What would you have said, Brooks? Uh, at the time. Yes, fifth grade. You know what? This I, is fifth grade. I, I I tell you what. I think I think at the time I was exactly living what I wanted to do, which was ask the questions and uh, kind of get little bits of uh, awesome enlightenment from everybody else you know that was like a really cool first of all i just wanted to point out how amazing that tape is like that's one of the most incredible pieces of footage i've ever heard because it's absolute like freedom and speculation from like super young minds that have not in any way touched the real world it's like total um you know what do you call it uh uh fantasy and then uh, the amount of stuff, I mean, the, the, the variations and like, just, it's just, it's just incredibly cool. So, so God, at the time, what I would have said, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying new things, you know? I think- so I'm not sure if I'm the only one that remembers this, but I'm going to try. Does anyone recall when Jesse Cacharo used to say that he wanted to be a toll booth collector because he believed that he got to keep all of the money that was collected in the toll booth? Wow. This is why we wanted him on the show tonight. Uh, Wherever you are, (laughs) Jesse, we're sorry you missed out on this because we would have gotten the straight answer. We'd love to have you on anyways. I'd like to know who broke the news to him and crushed his little dream. I know. I I just hope it happened before he became a toll booth operator. (laughs) But uh, to back it up for a second, though, to what Brooks was saying, that that part of what I love about this clip, and I think it's such a great beginning and – sort of ending place for the whole year in our first year of Lost and Rewound is it does sort of capture this innocence and this wide-eyed fascination with the world of what do you want to be when you grow up? You could be, and we've talked about this the first time we did this episode, the first time we played this with Josh too, that you want to be an astronaut. You want to be a marine biologist. You want to be a doctor, a lawyer. I work in fundraising now for nonprofit. Like it's, I like my job. It's an interesting job, but nobody when they're eight years old says, you know, I want to be an accountant. I want to be mm-hmm. a bank teller. I say that all the time about what I do now. Who, First of all, I, who knew that that was even a thing? And certainly no fifth grader has ever dreamed of hiring doctors. They wanted to be the doctor. Yeah. Oh, and the other, the other thing that's great about that clip is while you get the wide-eyed speculation from the uh, un, you know, un, uneducated kids, you also get the reflection of a couple teachers yeah. who are yeah. actually looking backwards. Where the yeah. kids are looking forwards with wide eyes, the teachers actually get to look backwards. And and what did we have? I you know we have a, the writer, Mrs. Downey wanted to be a writer, right? Mrs. Countryman wanted to be a farmer. Like this these is- are these are pretty solitary. Uh, it's very different from what they found themselves doing. <laughs> and Mrs. Sure. Glotzberger, who was the social studies teacher, wanted to be an archaeologist. Um, so, I mean, it, I guess it all makes sense. 
and uh, is it's interesting. I, I if I had only one thing I would have liked to change, it would only have been to interview more of the kids because we didn't get all the kids. It didn't feel right that we only just had maybe about two thirds, or I would say even only half. I, I think with the number that you got, it achieves kind of a perfect time capsule. Um, you know, I'm curious how different if you were to look at a group of kids in fifth grade, the same year that we were in fifth grade from a totally different school. Mm. Okay. I'll go one step further. Say you took the students from IS 218 who were our cultural pen pals in sixth grade. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Okay. So if you took them and asked all of them what they wanted to be when they grew up, how different would it be from us who grew up in this very idyllic, very, forward-thinking, free-thinking place, um, you know, are our answers similar to any fifth grader, sixth grader, or are were they different because of where we were? Well, I, I can say is I, I grew up in suburban Atlanta, and, I, and it was sort of very cookie-cutter, gener- generic suburban Americana, and I would say the answers would be more or less the same. I think there would be some variation. Um, I don't think we'd have quite as many off-the-wall, I want to be a fire truck, but <laughs> my recollection of fifth and sixth grade that we had people, somebody wanted to be a writer. Somebody wanted to be a lawyer. You had doctors, athletes, um, a lot of, there was still sort of those big marquee for lack of a better term professions. There was nobody wanted to be, um, nobody wanted to be, um, what am I going for? Like an IT guy. Nobody wanted to be the help desk IT guy. Nobody wanted to come. Well, that didn't, well, maybe right. it did when you yeah, were yeah, in yeah. fifth or sixth grade, but when these kids and, myself who is the same age were in fifth and sixth grade that didn't exist yet yeah and we had well, there was some there was some help desk but yeah. it was not for uh it services right that's know. what i'm saying like nobody wanted to do i one or two people maybe wanted to work with computers and that they wanted to write they wanted to make video games or that they wanted to they thought sure. the internet was cool but yeah computers were i'm not that much younger than you guys yeah, computers. It, it was an advent of that as right a computers were still a novelty career. i'm sorry yeah, yeah. The point I'm making is that, it, at least growing up in the burbs, that was not that much different. And it felt like kind of suburban in some parts of Woodstock, though. So there was very much a sense of community. Granted, with a, a, a town like Woodstock, where it's a little more spread out, you have a community, but it's not necessarily so contained that everybody has this as Gina said, an idyllic, but nonetheless a very tight-knit small town where everybody can be free-thinking and close enough to the city, so there's certainly enough of a liberal mind state uh, to go along with that. But you also, I think, have just a general community where all these ideas can be put to use in a in a constructive way. The, the Woodstock Wonderworks, I think, was a good um, sort of way to wrap it all up about how... Um, and a community can come around and create something kind of interesting and unique. Uh, Brooks had a lot to say about the last time we had him on the show. Yeah, the Wonderworks was like a real eruption of creativity and solidarity with the Woodstock community. I mean, the, the, the one thing that you can say that separates kind of Woodstock from maybe a lot of places is the sheer concentration of artists and creative people who, who, who oftentimes lived pretty deep into the woods and stuff and didn't necessarily come out you know, to socialize in the same sort of way that people do in more suburban sort of uh, rural areas around the rest of the country. Like we had mountains and stuff and kind of isolated little areas. Like I was just thinking that, you know, I spent a lot of my time just kind of walking around the woods outside my house. My mom lived up on the, 
Ohio mountain. Uh, and to get, you know, I was, I was a uh, neighbors from Milan and to get to his place, I had to walk up a pretty, pretty steep hill, you know, surrounded by all sorts of inspirational nature, natural sort of areas. That's very inspiring and very cool and very, um, uh, you know, very conducive towards you know, individuality and just kind of like breeding your own brain in a, in a, in a, in a funny kind of way. So the Wonderworks is is so freaky like <laughs> if you if you look at it lately like there there's so many funny icons in there like the uh the giant um was it ever decorated specifically for the holidays no, no. it just existed on its own yeah i'm sorry i'm yeah. only vaguely familiar with it from our previous conversation about it and so, and I really... but it does not change on a, on any sort of uh annual or you know no. seasonal basis not really. I mean, I haven't been there. I haven't been there lately. And it's probably due for some sort of renovation yeah, at this they've point. They've done some updates over the years, but the essence of it is the same. Sure. Like the, the community of Woodstock is is pretty pretty unique, and uh, you know, listening to these tapes and listening to how like our little weird brains worked makes me kind of kind of respect it even more. Fielding a question to all uh, the other three, aside from Brooks, about. Um, Perhaps uh, going into the Wonderworks late at night and grabbing <laughs> uh, a bottle of wine. Um, Rebecca, did this ever happen to you? No. Josh, <laughs> you? No. Nope. Gina? No. Brooks, look at this. You have to. What are you doing to our beloved space, Brooks? <laughs> yes, corrupting well, it. Apparently, it was the I thing think... to do when you were back from college or something like that to go. But we we all went away and came back, and none of us belittled it by drinking it. Wait, no, 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 no. That was not meant to... <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't meant to, to create a, a, a rift. I not, think. not so much oh, belittling, they, more as defiling and yeah. just, you know, abusing. Brooks drew the line what, a while ago. It's, you know, it's on. I think you the ultimate tribute. think you can do anything. Exactly. <laughs> Although been, I've too. been with Brooks in San Francisco, and it is a different place. Yeah. It is a den of iniquity. A, a what? what? Drinking and such. Oh. A den of iniquity, did you just say? <laughs> well, it's true, because it's the land of unicorns and rainbows. Uh, but uh, Unicorns and rainbows. No, but you said it was a den of iniquity, which is really funny, because uh, I, I would tend to sort of snarkily agree with you. <laughs> I think it's, we've already decided that we've discussed the Wonderworks enough that whenever we finally do our our field trip episode and go take a little road trip up to Woodstock, we're going to have to. It, it, it will happen. We, with, will have, with, we will have a lost and rewound moment at, with everybody oh, yeah. here the, at the Wonderworks. I, with everybody here and be, on location. Well, I was going to say Becca and I are close enough. We'll, uh, Becca, you're getting in my car. We're driving up. Guys, it's really easy. We can do this during the day because uh, I don't feel comfortable going out there because you're supposed to have kids there, and so we'll just uh, we'll use, use Becca. We're borrowing Rebecca's kid. Well, we're, we're using the incentive that, that there's a mom, so that, yes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're, we're here with a kid, yeah. No, but honestly, um, I think it's kind of neat that um, here we are now, um, 19 years later, uh, talking about this and being able to talk about it. So, um, I'll just I say that I uh, was out of town when Wonderworks was built. Like, literally, we went back to Germany for whatever it was, like two weeks and the whole friggin' thing was put up while we were away, so I have zero connection with any of that. I sure. had a painting on the inside of Wonderworks. See, huh. I didn't get to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to do that. And I was the only kindergartner on the planning board of students. What? 
Yeah, I was quite the little hellion, and I walked myself into Mr. Haberski's office and told him that as a kindergartner, we were the ones that were going to appreciate it the most and the longest, and therefore our voices needed to be heard, and I demanded a seat on this uh And that explains board. all the crooked lines. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, feel like that's, I feel like that's something you should actually put on your resume even to this day. Like, you were part of the planning commission for the Woodstock Wonderworks. When was I, I, I was five. Yeah. But, it, it but I did it. It was cool. It works. I'm pretty proud. I talked my way into that. That's fantastic. Can we... <laughs> we I have, we can top that. We, we have to go. This yeah, is, I this feel like is, we're out on that. We're, 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 we have to... Gina, Chewy, Rebecca, Cook, Brooks, Rocco, Josh Telson. Any closing remarks from anybody? This was very fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I would just say uh, as a closing remark to uh, to end the year here, make your make your ten year old self proud. That's beautiful. I'm with that. Very nice. Be a fire truck. Yeah, this was a good time. I'm really glad that you guys all yeah. uh, joined in. Uh, Josh, uh, it, it, it is 4 a.m. Uh, overseas. Yeah. How how uh, are how, you? Get- how soon is the kid waking up? In about three hours. So we should let you go take a nap. Yeah, please. That'd be great. <laughs> thank, that's your, fi- that was your final remarks for Josh. Um, thank you all again for taking the time out of your Wednesday evening for us. Or Thursday morning. <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. We will do it again, hopefully. This yep. time next year. This great is- talking, everybody. All right, guys. Lost and Have rewound. a great night. Good night, everybody. Bye. And that's our show, folks. Yay! Uh, Thanks again to Becca and Gina and Josh and Brooks, especially Josh, for staying up until 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my goodness. He's a father, and he stayed up until 4 a.m. for us, guys. I'm assuming we will have him on the show again at some point. Next time, one of these days, we'll get the time difference right and figure out some time that's less awful for him. What's right about it? When is it going to be right? Is that if we do like a Sunday afternoon, like a brunch show? Or if we, I guess if we start at like 6.30 or something like that, our time, 6.30 We'll figure it out. It'll be a little less Listener, it's not important. Not your, yeah, we're going to cut this out actually probably. people listener. Damn it, you're one person. Just, you just call them you. You! (laughs) You, yeah, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Thanks. But thank you to the Woodstock crew for making this show a magical experience for all of us here at Lost and Rewound. It's um, really been a great way to, to end the first year of this little project of ours. Yeah. And thank you for listening. If yes. You, if you're listening right now. Somebody out there in cyberspace, please tell us you're listening to the show. And if you are listening, you know what to do. Dust off any of those old tapes that you may or may uh, not know about, but because they, they, they do exist, you just don't know yet. And um, share, us, share with us, really. Don't be afraid. Get embarrassed with us, yo. If you have old tapes, get in touch with us, uh, lostandrewound at gmail.com or lostandrewound on Twitter. And let us know that you have them. We want to hear them. We want to discuss them with you. We don't care when they were recorded, really. Yeah, we just want we want your old stuff. We want your time capsules. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr and whatnot. Find us out there on the internet and be a part of the Lost and Rewound movement. And if you're on the go and you want to put it into iTunes, we are there as well, and we are available for free download. 
So um, you can't run and you cannot hide. But I guess um, if you want to bother us on Twitter to join Instagram, you could be that person. <laughs> I really don't I, know what we would Instagram, though. I, I, I understand <sighs> the point is that we're on all the other big social media. We'll find something. But I don't know what we would be Instagramming. Well, we used to have Jimmy's illustrations of every episode, but we don't have that anymore. Again, Jimmy, wherever you are, we, we, you're probably not listening to the show. But the, the somebody, Hoff. but the Hoff, the Hoff. I'm on. He's off. He's he's off, off somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next year, everybody. Thanks see so much. much. Lost and rewound.